There you are. Hi. We're doing it. We are doing it. <laughs> Got it together. Yes. All right. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. Of course. It. I'm glad I caught you because I know you've been really busy lately, which is good. Yeah. Good and strange. Yeah, exactly. I feel like every day is just like, yeah, it's just strange. It's like, you know, we want to start working, but it's just, it's a new normal, really. So, yeah, like we just have to go about things in such a like different way, and it's just, yeah, weird times, weird times. Agreed. Yeah. So, um, so for those of those who are uh, just joining, thank you so much. Um, so. Basically, what this is, is I, you might have seen me, I'm sure you've seen me posting, that's why you're here. Um, I just started a conversation series, it's called Cyril Talks, and it lives under this um, kind of uh, home that my sister and I have created, it's a lab, and basically what it does is, you know, we're here to foster community, we're here to educate, um, and the conversation series specifically um, highlights women behind the scenes um, who work with brands, work with artists, and just um, are creative women. And in many cases, we've seen their work, we're familiar with their work, but we don't know them. And so, um, you know, Cyril is definitely about just uh, creativity, highlighting women, talking about process, craft, entrepreneurship, all those things. Um, my sister and I started it because we come from a very creative household. We're both in creative fields. And, you know, we, we do projects together. So we just kind of wanted to create this um, kind of home, this central point um, for all these things to meet. And so this is one of our, uh, you know, one of one component. So, um, so yeah, so thanks for joining. And um, so today I have Jasmine Benjamin, who is a, mm -hmm director and stylist and um yeah like she's just the perfect example of the kind of person that we want to be able to speak to and highlight um because you know for me for example for me personally i remember seeing jasmine's work um before knowing her at all but just kind of taking note and being like oh you know, whoever is doing that knows what they're doing and they're doing a really great job. And I'd love to, you know, just like know who that person is and how they came up with this because it's working. So, um, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny you say that because that's how I feel about you. Because I, for everyone, I was an, when I was an intern, uh -huh. Star Trek was out, it was like, the co-planting is calling, Ashley Fox's office. I gotta make sure I get this call in. Wow, that's so <laughs> funny. Yes, Ashley. I loved Ashley. Yeah, she was great. That's so funny. And you know, she was like, it's so funny because back then we, you know, social media didn't exist. So no. we just know names. Yes. Um, and you would hear about people and their work. Yeah but you didn't know anything else. Like you didn't know what they look like, mm -hmm. like preceded them. So it was, it was very interesting. Like when I moved to LA to start like putting names to faces, you know? Um, and it was great, you know, to eventually meet Ashley. Cause yeah. she, she was, um, 
just as as the way she was like what i'd heard is how she was actually yes. so yes yeah um so yeah so that's gonna take us into like your uh story um so i mean i guess i'm just gonna start off i introduced you already but how do you define yourself um i'm i mean i'm a stylist i'm a creative director uh i feel like creative director is such a it's like such a title where it's like, what does that exactly mean? Because it depends on what you're doing. Because you're not like, you know what I mean? Like creative directing, I'm not putting on tours. Like I'm not getting all the rigs and building out the build outs, but I'm like creative directing photo shoots, album covers, um, things more of that nature, like the aesthetics versus right. that. Because that's creative director also means the other thing too. Right, right. Yeah. So, Okay, we're gonna get into that because <laughs> I find that, you know, it's so interesting these days, people kind of take on these titles. Um, and I think sometimes they think just because they updated their bio in their Instagram that mm -hmm. they are. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, no shade, folks. No you know, shade. Sometimes you have to speak it into existence. Yeah. You know, I'm not against that, but I think it's important for people to really understand what goes into um, what go what what these titles mean, you know, what the work actually is and how to do it in a way that's gonna be successful where you can actually make a career out of it, you know? Yeah. There's so many pieces to it. It's not just like I know it looks good. There's so much more to it, you know? So, um, so I guess we'll get into that a little bit. I think as we start to talk about the projects and who okay. you're with and kind of like what your approach was, but I guess just like to get into your background because you're in a creative field is, um, is that, you know, something that was, were you always a creative person and did you always envision yourself going into a creative, having a career that involved using your creative talents mm -hmm. um I've, I've always been creative because i grew up in a creative household as well and so i didn't know what a stylist was um i didn't know what a creative director was i didn't even know that people dressed musicians but i know that i always loved like watching movies and the things i'd be paying attention to as a kid would be like what they're wearing how they're wearing it why they're wearing it why is that character dressed that way why does it make sense to the story Yep. Um, and then like having a fashion magazine subscription, it was like Harper's Bazaar in the 90s. Um, my dad, remember back in the day, everyone, way back in the day, everyone would do um, the supermarket, not supermarket suite, the other one, Publisher's Clearinghouse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you have to pick out the magazines. And so my dad was like, okay, you get to pick one out. I think I was like 11 and I was like, okay, Harper's Bazaar. Yeah. I don't even think I even understood what that was even. Right. But then when I started getting them, I'd be like, oh my, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> this fashion, the editorials and Harper's back then, I can't um, remember the exact editor, but it was a really important editor during that time. And it was just like so amazing and the covers and just how they put it all together. So I just started like looking at that and tearing things out. I still didn't really know what a stylist was. Um, and then, you know, I would just be really into what I was wearing, how I dressed. Uh -huh. um, I also like now really understand why I was really into fashion and started getting into it more because I grew up um, from with a family that didn't have a lot of money, but I was always in like the best schools, private schools. 
And so for me, it was like, you know, I don't have money like these kids. My parent or when my parents divorced, I didn't even have a car, so I had to take the city bus. But I was like, I'm gonna be the best dressed though. That's what I do now. Like that's gonna make me feel good in this math class with these kids who are mostly not black and they have all this money and all these resources, but I'm gonna be the best dressed. Right. And so I would just come to school and that kind of gave me like, you know, in a like self-esteem to be able to show up and be present and feel equal to these people in this world. Right. So much, right? But knowing that after school, I'm taking the bus for an hour to go back home. I have to carry all my books, but my outfit is fly and no one knew, you know? And yeah. it just made me feel great. And it was a way to express myself too, because it was like, just because I'm from this doesn't mean that's who I am. Right. I'm more than that. Yeah. And that's what clothes can do for you. Yeah. Too. So that, and then finally, uh, I thought that I wanted to be a civil rights attorney. I really hardcore wanted to do that. And so after college, I mean, after high school, I was like, well, let me take a, a semester in community college and figure it out. I was in community college. There was a show on MTV back then. It was about stylists. I forgot the name, but it was like maybe one season and it was about stylists. And I think it was the first time where I saw, oh my God, this is a stylist. Like they're dressing musicians and everyone at community college would be like, you should, you should be a stylist. Like you look like someone on that show. And I'm like, I do. Oh my God. Really? Yeah. And then it was like going, and then I was like, okay, let me look at this. Let me look at FITM and see this, the Fashion Institute Design and Merchandising and see if I can get into the school and maybe this will be something. And I got into the school. Yeah. And then my dad was just like, okay, well, you got to come back to Northern California. You got to work for the summer. You got to save money. Yeah. And I did that. I actually were, I just want to say this because kids need people, not kids, people need to know that not everything is like linear always yes and I think when you come when you're uh, black and when you're um not you don't you're not privileged it's harder so things aren't just like do 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 who are you telling yeah right there's so many life things that are happening that you have to get through to get to the step one so I was like working in a hardware store in the country in northern california saving up money to have money for school and then I went to school in LA and that was a shock because I never lived in LA. I never went to LA. Fitum also is a school. I don't know about it now, but back then it was like not a lot of people of color. Most of the kid girls I went there were all from like Orange County and all had money okay. and all had designer clothes. And so they all felt like this is what they need to do because of that. Okay. Right. And it was like certain teachers that I just really related with that gave me more um, encouragement. Um, one Mel Grayson, which I think he still teaches there, but he's black, was a stylist, and was my um, fashion history teacher. Okay. And he was really great because he would always take time to have conversations with me and loved how enthusiastic I was about fashion history. Okay. And then I started interning in mu mu the music industry. That's what really got me into this. Mm -hmm. um, and I was interning at I don't know, Universal like Music Group. It wasn't even anything. And then someone there actually, um, George um, Robertson. Okay, he like took me to Ashley's floor, Ashley Fox, and was like, do you guys need interns? And they were like, yeah. And we were like, we need an intern. So I started interning for her. Uh -huh. And um, it's people, Ashley Fox was a major music industry, like legends. Yes. Wait, I have one question. <laughs> yeah. How, what made you 
look into an internship in the music space? Like, did you know? Oh, right. Yeah, because you were in fashion and people said, you yeah. and obviously there was a connection. You were looking at MTV, you know, so you mm-hmm. were thinking about um, styling in, in the music space. You know, but like, what made you say like, what I want to look right. at. That's good. Um, well, growing up, my parents had the most next level music taste and they used to hang out with rock stars in the 60s because I should actually, I forgot to add this. They met in a commune in the 1960s in San Francisco. Okay. Oh, get so, up. Hey, is that where you're from? I'm from Northern California, like a little bit an hour above. And my mom is from San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh. That's cool. Yeah. I know. Like, so my parents, they met in like 1961 in a commune and they lived there for like 10 years. Wow. So they were friends with like all the rock stars, like Jefferson Airplane and my mom dated Jimi Hendrix and my dad, like, so I came from a serious musical background with them being so into music, but like very good music. Right. Like if Pitchfork existed then, it'd be like, that's their vibe. Okay. And my mom being black. Oh my. That explains so much. That was yeah. such a crucial, I'm so glad I asked that question. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you can't leave that out of the story. Like that, crucial, yes, okay. Crucial, that is true. And my mom being a black woman back then, she was like, the weird cool black girl, which was not so, as it is now, it's exciting. Back then it was way harder to be that. Cause you were, that was probably like, my mom was the only black person probably, always. Right. And so, um, but she was, my mom was like the coolest. So she was like so cool and popular and everyone wanted to be her friend. And so all of these things just make sense. But their music taste, next level. Like they weren't necessarily into um, what you would think like, oh, okay, she's black. It's a 60s soul music necessarily. It would be like New Wave and David Bowie and like um, the Beatles and like that was more of my mom's vibe. New Wave, especially in the 80s. So growing up with that, seeing all of those album covers, seeing all those CDs, definitely played a big part. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad I said that. And then I have an older brother. I have an older brother, and he was super into hip-hop, and so I learned everything about hip-hop from him. Everything. Okay. Like, everything. I'm, like, such a hip-hop head from back in the day because of my big brother. Okay. So musical. Like, everyone in the family is such a music snob, and it was really amazing because that's how I learned about so much. Right. For that's sure. All like, that's all, those are all, like, the ingredients in the pot. That exactly. You, you know, just, like, making, create, like, helping you develop your point of view, you know? Mm-hmm. Your unique sensibility, you know? And th- I always, I mean, as someone who, you know, like, has experienced that myself and had to kind of look back and look at my upbringing and things. I was yeah. Just, you know, a lot of times you don't even see them as like unique. It's just your life. But yeah. when you draw on certain things and you're like, oh, like, where am I getting this from? Or, you know, you just kind of start to understand where this all comes from, that it's all like in your blood in some way. Yeah. So, um, or even just the fact that, you know, it's interesting what you said about wanting to um, dress, you know, dress a certain way, um, going to school to kind of, you know, like, give yourself just like, you know, it's kind of like identity building. Yeah. I mean, 
So, um, and that's also part of it. A lot of times that's where that comes from. It's literally like a, a way of kind of like protect, protecting yourself, but yes. like you have to dig in to kind of figure out like, okay, well, what makes me special? What makes me unique? I don't need to do what other people are doing. You know, like what makes me stand out, you know? So th those things were already starting. So I always find those things. Yeah. That, you know, yeah. Part of the journey. Um, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I skipped that. That was important. <laughs> and then um, in, um, in Seattle, where I like, well, I was when I was growing up in Seattle, because my parents separated, and then I moved to Seattle. I was again because of my older brother, so into hip hop, always buying the new tapes, always buying whatever the new singles were, whatever he was listening to, and he had a, also another very snobby view of music. So he wouldn't, but we were buying MC Hammer. If you like, we're buying Redman's first tape, like stuff like that. Right, and right. so that also, and I, he was just, I just always thought my, he was just so cool. So I was like, whatever he's doing, I want to do. Cause he's so cool, right? That's my big brother. Yeah. Um, that, and then, oh yeah, I guess before we do skip to the music industry part, I also would go to all the shows young. I'd be at all the like, Seattle back then did have a cute little underground hip hop scene. They really did. Um, and I would be at all the shows because they'd always have all ages shows. Then I started promoting okay. shows. Um, I threw a hip hop show when I was like 17 with all my favorite acts. Um, and I then met a hip hop group. They were way older, but I would sell their out there, sell their CDs and merch at the shows. Okay. So they would take me on their little tours. My mother knew them. My mother knew them they knew it was up nothing crazy ever happened i was literally little sister like i was very protected and we'd go on these little northwest tours okay. so then we'd go on these little tours and it'd be like oh my god like i'm at the lyricist lounge two tour and it's like most dev and jerry the damage and all these people and i'm like so young and so excited yeah yeah like what and yeah. just that oh my god this is i'm so glad you asked me that question <laughs> It was true. That is important. And also the fact of music videos were very important back then for us. Really? So important. So you would tape, you'd have VHS tapes, you'd be taped, or at least I would. I'd be taping the music videos. I'd be sitting at home for hours on the weekend just taping music videos. Obsessed. Because that was a way to see what other people were doing in different parts of America. Yes. You know, and so it'd be like, oh my God, like I can remember the feeling I had when I saw um, Can't Knock the Hustle mm -hmm. and Pipe Williams video. Like that's the first time Bentleys were in a video. Like you didn't even know what that was back then. That's and you're watching and you're like, what? Like all these black women and women of color and all this designer clothing, like you never saw that. You didn't even see that in magazines then. Yeah. Totally. So it was really exciting and it was like, oh my God, wow. And then just like seeing all like the hip hop artists, like De La Soul videos or you know, Bush Babies. I was just talking about that yesterday. Um, and just seeing that and just, you're just studying it because that's all you have. Right, right. And you're just like, it's endless inspiration, right? you know, forever that's why it's just like i still think about that and that's probably also how i learned how to research in the way that i do research from doing that because really what you were doing before you even knew it you were basically researching right, right? you're like what is lauren hill wearing this because i want to dress just like her i'm going to dress just like lauren hill i mean because right she was like the best 100 percent yeah i know what a 
like I something comes to mind right away when I think of Lauren's style and when I think of a Lauren Hill outfit, which says so much, you know, like that mm -hmm. strong sense of style, but it was something that we could all achieve, you know, like yes. buy that like denim skirt. Yes. Top, you know what I mean? And with our like little platforms and be like, you know, have our little Lauren look going. Yeah. Oh my God. It was totally, and she used to repeat things like on the carpet and in a video. And I would be like, that is so fresh. Like what? Yeah. It was glamorous still though, in a different way. Right. Everything. Right. Yeah, it, it was, it was like still like attainable, but mm -hmm. it was like, I mean, I guess it was like low. It was like high, was high low. Doing. Yeah. And I think it gave us something like our generation. I mean, I think I'm an older generation than yours. Yeah. But you know, um, but you know, it gave us like, uh, like, you know, I, and I think also as a as a hip hop, female hip hop artist, I think, um, you know, like, I mean, obviously she had a whole lane of her own, and she was like, kind of, um, you know, she she was like your friend, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I just I just totally remember like her whole her whole like sensibility, like yeah. She definitely had like a yes. and then I remember she did that Levi thing that yes. like, with Levi or like a collaboration or something like that. But yes, I was all in. I was all I in. was all in. And I was like, she's so beautiful yeah. and that and like beautiful in a different way than you're used to seeing back then. And she had dreads. It was just like ugh, the best. Yeah. I know. The yeah. best. I know. I I the Neil that Neil Soul era was so amazing. Uh -huh. It was like, it really was like, and it was so like concentrated with uh, high art, like nothing was low level. Everything was very like filled and about like, what, what am I looking for the right word for this? It just was not half-assed mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at all. Right. It was just like, what? Yeah. It was amazing. Right. Oh, I yeah. love that. Like it was just, you know, style for the sake of style. It was literally like a reflection of who, you know, they, yeah. were, they were about. So, which is why I feel like it just felt like what you're saying, you know, mm -hmm. um, it just was like, yeah, I mean, it represented more than like this genre. It was like a culture, like a subculture. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like a lifestyle, a true lifestyle. Yeah, like I ride the train. I live in Philly, so this is why I wear this. Yeah. <sighs> Amazing, such a good time. That is such a yeah. Even just like what you just said, like yeah. people's lifestyles, like how that impacts how you dress. You know, like that's. I mean, we can all all of you know we're all from different places, and we all. Mm -hmm different upbringings and it's true like even things like that like impact the choices we make you know yeah like you'll still make certain associations of like how people dressed in new york uptown you know what i mean versus like wherever else yeah. yes yeah so interesting it's like all of like like even that like jay-z video it's just like everyone is like jiggy and wealthy so this is their idea of what like black wealth looks like and what it looks like to be jiggy like you're wearing designer and not just wearing a t-shirt like it was so good oh my god that video and i think it's like such a reflection of like new york because the thing about new york is that you're always you were always a train ride away 
from like Fifth Avenue, mm -hmm. um, you know, just like the place where all the high-end designer stores were. So, you know, it, it was like, on one hand, it was aspirational, but you could actually like go there for your Yeah. So I think it felt, still felt like it was aspirational, but still like attainable. So it was like, you know, you're still exposed to it. So, and you also where you could go yeah. and get those designer pieces and, you know, for, for the discount. So. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah. So all that is yeah. in the pot. <laughs> That's so important it is. Yeah. And so by that time, when I'm going working or interning at the music industry, I'm still not sure I want to be a stylist. In my mind, I'm thinking I want to be a fashion marketing person because that's what my degree was in. And also it's like, what does that even mean? You're just young, you don't know. And so like I'm interning for a while. I mean, like at least three months before I even really talk to Ashley because not that Ashley's mean, she's just a big force of energy. Right. And you just kind of, if you're this nervous, like 20, 21 year old, you just don't know what to say. You just want to keep your little internship. <laughs> right. Right. So I'm interning, interning. And then uh, one day I was handing in these like, and no diss, but I was handing in these Keisha Cole uh, proofs before her, her first album came out. And I was just like thinking in my head, like, wait, I have no car. I'm taking LA city bus, by the way from downtown when it was really scary okay. to make this internship for an hour, which was, what, where's the Interscope? Uh, Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, how is someone getting paid to do this styling? I could do a better job. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm so afraid to say it. And then I just kind of said it when she was on the phone. I was just like, wait a second, someone got paid to do this? This is not even that great. And no diss, just, I was just speaking it on my mind and she's on the phone. I think that was the first thing I ever said to her and she just was like, wait, what? It, hold on a second. She's like, wait, what'd you say? And I was like, never, never mind. Never mind. She's like, no, tell me what you said. And I told her, she was like, oh, is that how you feel? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, why don't you take some post-its, write down your notes, give me notes on this and turn it back in. And that's the amazing thing about Ashley, because she saw that, wait a second, this person's been mute for months. And then she just says this. All right. Maybe she's onto something. And so that's like an opportunity. And she created one for me because I did it. And then she was like, you know what? You're right. You're absolutely right. And I was like, wait, I, I am? Like, what? Because I'm thinking she's going to be like, you got to go. Yeah. Yeah. That. yeah. No. Yeah. And then from that point, so, okay, I'm interning there. I'm going to school. I'm also working in the financial aid department as my job. I think I was working at Hollywood Video as well as my second job. And I was um, working the door at, there was these bars in LA at the time called Little Temple, Temple Bar and Zanzibar. And those were like the Neo Soul little, little spots. Mm -hmm. So I'm also working the door at those places. So I'm meeting all these amazing artists that are coming up in LA during that time okay. and doing all this. So I'm literally like working so hard because I'm like, I don't know what it is I want to do yet, but I know it's something in this. Right, right. And so um, actually, Oh. Mm -hmm. it, I feel like I kind of, I'm, yeah. but were your parents supportive of you oh. in this direction? Um, my dad was just afraid and unsure because he's like oh, a little bit more old fashioned, doesn't understand it. He also doesn't, just wants me close to home, but it's like, he lives in the, like, I'm not going to do that. My mom, on the other hand, <laughs> is way more adventurous. Okay. So she's like, yes. 
okay. do it. So I'm, they're like, very, she's very supportive. Got it. Okay. Just like, you know, just go do it. But she's an adventurous type of woman though. My dad is not. Well, that helps. that helps. That's always, you know, people always have different experiences with like their parents support, you know, being supportive. Oh, yeah. How that plays into things. So, okay. All right. So yes. we are, you're, you have like five jobs. Okay. <laughs> five jobs. Oh, also, and my mom is also just very bohemian. So she gets it. There's less rules. Where my dad, he's, he's bohemian too, but he just is not understanding. He thinks at 25, you need to have a house, get married because he's from like the 50s. He's thinking security. Security. And I'm like, so, but he's not like writing me off as his family member or anything. He's just like, I don't get it. And don't call me to ask for money. Right. Even though I am, right? Because it's so hard. It's so hard, like doing all this. I'm trying to make all the, the ends meet. Mm -hmm. Trying. Um, and then I'm, so Ashley starts just kind of pulling me into some conversations here and there, like small little meetings. And then one day she's like, I have this new artist we just signed, Olivia. She's like, she's on G-Unit. And this is when like, her, this is when like G-Unit and um, Eminem, what if, it was G-Unit, Eminem, um, Pharrell, obviously, um, no doubt. And the, like, yeah, yeah, yeahs were huge. And they're all at Interscope. So uh, Interscope is dominating hip hop and rock at this time. Right. They're like un untouchable. And so she's like, okay, Olivia, I need you to, why don't you come with the mood board or something and tell me what direction, because we don't know what to do with there. And I was like, oh my God, what? Okay. Back then, before it wasn't really a computer situation, it was like cutting out from magazines and making these boards. But be be because I'm going to school for that, I like know how to do it. So I like turn in this like seven page thing and she's going, she goes to va on vacation and I'm all nervous because I'm like, oh my God, more time before I hear what's going on with this. Uh -huh. Maybe not vacation, it was something. She was, she was just gone for a couple of days. She comes back and she's like, this is so good. You need to be doing this for the rest of your life. You know exactly what you're doing. This is incredible. So then she lets me hire the stylist, the hair, and the makeup. And back then you had to look through books, those big leather bound books. She let me pick out all these people um, for the shoot. The shoot was Jonathan Mannion in New York. And she was like, I know, she's like, you gotta, she's like, you can, fly, like, I want you to come to this, but you just gotta find a way to get a plane ticket. She's like, and you can stay with me, but just, you just gotta find out how to get a plane ticket. And I think a plane ticket to New York then was like 290 and that was still a lot of money. And I'm like, I have no money. Yeah. But like a friend of mine in, a, in, New, in a Seattle bought my ticket. I go out there, I stay with Ashley. Again, I'm so nervous of Ashley still while this is all happening, okay? And I'm like, I stay in her room, I'm so scared. <laughs> and so I'm at this shoot and it's like Jonathan Manu, Alexander, what, what was, sorry, remember Alexander, um, Alex, what was his name? He's black. He was so, he was kind of the man. He used to do Eve. Oh, I forgot his name. I feel like I'm picturing what he looks like. Um, he had braids. I forgot his name. Anyway, he was a stylist. Alexander, something like that. Yeah. That's too bad because he was great. But that's, um, yeah. that's sick. Like, that's a great first shoot. Yeah. And I'm there nervous. But everyone at the shoot is asking me if I'm the stylist. And I'm like, how, like, how do they think that? And, and Ashley's like, see, I told you, like, this is what you should be doing with your life. You're going to be big like Andrea Lieberman. Because I was like, I loved Andrea Lieberman. Yeah. I'm like, am I? 
what? So she starts pushing me. That's so great. Like, you know, the fact that she saw that in you, you know, and like, just, that's how you have to do it. That's what I kind of keep saying is that like, you kind of just have to jump in. So many of these jobs are, you know, you, you learn on the job, you learn on the field, like you can study by all means you should, and you should research and you should look at other people's, you know, um, learn about other people who do, <laughs> but learning on, but like permission to learn is like, I mean, you know, that's invaluable and like, and you have to just kind of jump with both feet, you know, and things are going to go not so great, but that's how you're going to learn. And that's exactly. Next shoot, you're like, okay, I know what to do. More of this, less of that. And then, you know, you start to like, just really, that, I mean, that's how you grow. So that's how you grow. Totally. So she threw me in there and then I was like, okay, she's like, you should, I was like, so I was like thinking in my head, like, how do I continue this? And how do I really do this? And it's like, I kept that internship for maybe a year longer. Um, and then I started assisting stylists okay. and working in retail. I worked at Kitson when Kitson was like the shit in Beverly Hills. And I started interning for stylists and I, that's where you really learn a lot. Right. And I interned for stylists and I, Somehow was it a Laker game? Some like I think a roommate's cousin had gave us tickets. Somehow we were had floor seat tickets at this charity Laker game. And I'm like looking around and I'm like, oh my God, it's Chris Robinson, the director. So I was like, wait until he walked out of his seat and I met him and I was like, let me intern on your videos. Like that's what these kids, that's what everyone needs to understand. You gotta like go for it if you really want it. And I was like, how can I? And he's like, okay here is this number, my assistant, come to the shoot this weekend. And I went to the shoot. So I was intern, not interning, I was PAing yeah. um, there and learning about video sets. Yes. Still all these jobs, still interning, doing all of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and then just somehow it just started working. I mean, I was insistent for a really long time. I was assistant for like six years, but I'm happy because I don't think I was mature enough anyways yet. Okay. And like, so yeah. Assisting is... So how was that? Like, who did who did you assist? Like, like who did you assist? Were they like Salas that you know you feel were helpful to you? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, with, I'll tell you the names. I won't tell you who was doing what because I don't want to help them. But some experiences are better than others. I mean, I assisted for Tiffany Hasborn when I was a costume designer. I assisted with her, but she was amazing. She used to throw me into the wolves constantly. She'd be like, this is what you have to do. You need to be, you need to do this uh, Busta Rhymes video. I'm not showing up. I'm not getting on a plane. You have to do it. I'm shipping the clothes. If you mess up, it's going to be a problem. But that was good because then she gave me trust. She trusted me to do it. And I did a good job. And I wanted to do a good job. And I wanted to make sure that her ideas and what she needed done were done. And then I worked with another person who wasn't doing that. I worked for Sean Barton, who was, um, uh, outcast stylist and costume designer and um, she also taught me things because I feel like a lot of those sensibilities I understand more because I work with a costume designer mm -hmm. costume designing so she's making those all those crazy outfits Andre's wearing huh? and I feel like that's how I style a lot of artists that I work with and I learned a lot of that from that yeah. so those two people I worked with them a lot like back and forth but Tiffany gave me a much more responsibility and it gave me the uh, the self esteem that or the confidence I needed to be able to do these jobs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I have. Yeah, I know. I actually know Tiffany. We actually the same. Uh, what? Randomly, but um. So okay, so you inter. I mean, you assisted. For yeah. And then. Um, and so you were no longer at the label. Now you were just focused. Mm -hmm. When, while you were assisting, were you, I'm, I'm assuming you were thinking that the next natural step would be for you to break out and start doing this on your own, right? Yes. So like, at what point did that start to happen? Um, so while I was assisting Sean, the other thing is I looked super young. And so back then I looked even younger. So it'd be like, there'd be no way I'd be someone stylist at 27. I literally look 17 years old. So it's kind of hard when you work, when you also look young and you're a woman to even be able to have people listen to what you're saying, mm -hmm. right? Especially in music, it's hard. So it's like, who's this little ass girl telling us what to do? No, I know. <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of being quiet, which is not who I am, and learning. <laughs> so, um, uh, I'm, as I'm working with Sean, I meet, um, so anyway, I'm intern, oh yeah, I'm doing the door at these clubs, and all the, all the pop and neo soul and underground hip hop groups are performing at these things. Um, a lot of people that I work with now, and through my career, I knew then when they were like babies, right. so that's also interesting, but there's a group, Jay Davey, who was performing, who everyone loves, and I loved, and I didn't know them yet, but I was like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, who's this girl? She's incredible. And then um, she starts dating this guy who happened to be one of my best friends. Yeah. And he's like, you guys need to meet. I just think you guys would get along. And we met and we were just like, what? Like, instantly. And she's like, I need a stylist. So I started styling Jay Davey. Okay, okay. I remember yeah. LA. It's so funny. All of, I feel like our worlds are like, it's like we need each other. That we speak, I'm like, like our worlds are like melding because I remember hearing about them before I moved, and I was like, you know, they're dope. Like I started paying attention to them, and then I moved out to LA, and um, I actually knew their manager at the time, Vision. Yeah, he worked for me when I was at. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> he worked for Pharrell, like NERD and stuff. Yeah. yeah me at Star Trek and then he went to tour manage them yeah when I moved here you know like I was like kind of reconnecting with folks and and I just I didn't even know he was working with them um but and then I found out and then yeah so it's crazy yeah mm -hmm. yeah so Jay Davey so I started doing like that was my first time having like being the key and having no assistance and just like doing photo shoots with them and music videos and getting tour things made. I would make certain things for um, for Jack Davey on tour. And those were like my first ones where it was like, this kind of looks funny or like not knowing exactly like hiring a tailor, like going to a tailor shop instead and just figuring it out. Because I didn't, that's the one thing, I didn't learn tons of like ins and outs of how to make things or get things done from any of the stylists I worked with. Sometimes stylists are a bit more like they want to keep their cards close. They don't want to show everybody how they get things because that's their trade secrets. Yeah, right. So I had to figure that out on my own. But uh, Jack Day was just such a perfect muse because I mean, like, I'm sure <laughs> she looks like a model. 
You can like pull off anything. Anything. And it was just really cool. And then we had similar friends because we were all in that music scene in, in LA. That was really special during that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so working with them and then, you know, I'm still like, I'm a st I'm styling, I'm still like a baby stylist at this time. And then um, I get an um, opportunity to assist Shaka Khan and be her like wardrobe liaison girl. Okay. Yeah, and, and like the person who, <laughs> that's like you, wait, what? You I, mean, I know, I don't talk about everything. <laughs> okay, yeah, you know, Jay Davey and then Shaka Khan. <laughs> Icon, okay, so. Shaka Khan. They are looking for like a girl who to, to her to be her personal assistant slash wardrobe liaison because she gets all her costumes made uh -huh. and she sketches. She does her own fashion sketches. Oh, she's I next level. Okay, and she's super good. So making sure things are being done properly, and then you know she was always on the road, especially then. So I meet her, and she is everything you think she is. She's amazing, but her energy is just—it's a lot. It's Shaka Khan. And I just wasn't scared. So she was like, you know what? You're going to be my assistant. You're the youngest girl I ever hired, but you're not afraid of me. Uh-huh. Okay. So, okay, we can roll together. And I was like, okay. I'm like, yeah, because I have, because my mom is like a lot too. So I'm like, I got it. I'm not afraid. Then she hires me and I work with her for like a year. And that was important because it gave me just a thicker skin mm -hmm. and learning how to, because I'm one-on-one -on -one with an icon all the time. And I traveled the world with her. She took me everywhere she went, I went with her. So she, and at that time, she was traveling like 14 times out of the month, like Turkey, Tur Trinidad, like Paris, like everywhere you could think of. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay. And I've never done it before. Never was an assistant, but she's always like, you were my best. Because I'm the type of person where it's like, if someone gives me an opportunity and I say, yes, I'm going to do work harder than anyone so I'll always be remembered. So when I, so if I do have to leave or I leave, there's a void. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Because yeah. that's like the mo best impression you want to leave. Totally. Of course. And that's the, I mean, that's, that's what separates people, you know, it's just even having that approach, like knowing it's an opportunity and knowing like, I mean, recognizing that because sometimes people don't even really recognize it. And then also no. like going super hard, giving it like your all because you're gonna learn, it's gonna stick with you. And I always say like in our business, like we just move around. We're always gonna see each other again. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and that's how we operate in this business. You know, So much of it is like people speaking to each other. So like your reputation, you know, like is everything for you. So yeah, like that's the approach to have for sure. Yeah. I'm just gonna work hard. Um... You know, and then also whatever, whatever mistakes I'm making, which they may be personality mistakes or just not knowing when, when to talk or talking to, or just whatever it is, at least my work will yeah. always be the longstanding thing. Like I'm working hard, especially back then because I just didn't know anything. Yeah. And, I, and also I'm not a, I wasn't, I'm not a person, is, well, I'm not a person who's afraid of things. So sometimes that combination can make you do some things where you look back you're like wait why did I do that right because you're crazy but it's okay like you learned and people knew what you're like they knew that you were in it for a real reason yes. it's yeah. funny so yeah I worked with her for like a year and we moved to New York 
Okay. And then, um, cause she wants, she was doing the color purple and she, I know, the, I think the second, was it the first time on Broadway? It might've been the, no, the second time on Broadway. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but she was, um, in the color purple. And so I was staying with her then. And then I was like, you know what? I owe, cause I had this apartment in LA and I always had this thing in LA where I'm like, one day I'm going to live in New York. I don't know when, but I can't buy too much furniture because one day I'm going to move. I just had this whole thing. And then when I went to New York, I was like, you know what? I don't really want to be a personal assistant forever. I got what I needed. I want to um, now live in New York. Mm-hmm. So I just stayed in New York okay. and then figured that out, which is a whole other. So New York is so hard. Yeah. What years was that? What- <laughs> to me, it was like the last years that New York was super popping too. Cause it was 2007 to 2012. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I left in two thousand eight. Oh wow. Yeah. Crossed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. You're. Because yeah. I kept thinking. Well, I thought I was gonna go right back in like three years. Yeah. And you know, anytime I bring it up, New Yorkers were like, "Ah, it's not really the same." I mean, people still love it. You know, you have some it's people. It's not the same. Yeah. And. You know, but I definitely had folks who were kind of like, well, you don't really need to rush back. <laughs> not the place you left, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's not but the same. We're in New York. Um, wait, there, what was I? There was a question, something I wanted to ask you. Um, oh, okay. So you have said that you're not afraid. Now, do you that, like, at what point did you feel like you were okay with like owning that and like you know and you understood that that was like a a quality of yours that was going to be helpful to you you know like because early on obviously you start off as an intern and you know most of the time and as you know interns are normally quiet they're just kind of taking it in or they should be and (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so yeah so like at what point did that kind of like transition um i would say definitely i mean after shaka khan because it was just like like i just went on a whole year of touring basically with an icon and a very strong black woman and it's like i started realizing like yeah i'm not afraid because i was raised by a really strong black woman Uh who's outspoken and like says what she says and does what she does and it was like so i'm not afraid either like i'm the same and also moving to LA, not knowing anyone and starting a life as I think I was 20 and then moving to New York at, well, how old was I then? 26 and starting a life. Yeah. So at that point you're realizing like, I'm not a person who's afraid. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, those moves will definitely teach you what you're made of. Oh my God. What you're made of. Yeah. When you make, yeah. You just make the moves and you just make a lot of mistakes. People don't like to talk about their mistakes. Everyone likes to have these discussions like they're just so perfect. I made so many mistakes. Are you kidding? So many. But, um, you know, the people that know me and work with me know, knew that like I had good intentions and whatever I was doing. Maybe I just didn't have like proper guidance in the situation because I just didn't know. I'm just thinking like, and so young. And again, New York is so hard. <laughs> and also, again, not having a money, not having, not being financially supported. I mean, when I worked for Shaga Khan, I think that's the most I ever made at that time. And it was a lot. And then after that, it goes from that to like, 
retail in New York. Yeah, and New York is not My goodness, yeah. And nobody's giving you handouts there at all. Zero, nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Right. So you're like, um, okay, I just gotta figure it out again. And I had a retail job. I worked at opening ceremony. Um, back then and that was the time when the owners Carol and Umberto still interviewed people okay. so they had to approve you so it was still like really what opening ceremony, ceremony was about it wasn't watered down at all mm -hmm. um, so they hired me and I was like working there on the weekends as the cashier and then I got a job um, being an assistant for Ralph Lauren e-commerce because okay. there was a bar like I lived in Brooklyn the whole time I was in New York there was a bar over by Clifton Place where I lived and the bartender had a friend who was like oh do you need a job and I'm like telling them my story they're like yeah and then I'm like they're like oh well there's this job maybe you can get it mm -hmm. and it was cool because it was like $300 day rate like that wasn't too bad back then and I had that so I had that in my little um weekend opening ceremony job okay and so I'm doing that. Um, I never really worked in like fashion media when I was there at all. I just worked in these kind of places. But again, all my friends from all the like scene in LA, they have their friends in New York. So I kind of started meeting people and doing the same kind of thing. Like basically the bars I worked at were like APT mm -hmm. okay. for LA. Okay. Then. So um, those little trap, those little scenes like travel, like they're all still together. You know, those people know this person and this person. So I made, um, I had like a little community there and I just worked there for a while. And then what happened? I'm trying to think how did I meet Miguel again? Um, I worked with this girl, Maya, um, and she had a clothing line called Boxing Kitten. And it was like African prints, but before a lot of people were doing that. I knew her in LA because I knew her brother and she was just like, you know, it's starting to get kind of big and I need help. Like I need some creative, I, creative input and just help of how to structure, how to structure this. Uh -huh. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. And like, at this point, like Rihanna wore her stuff in like um, Rude Boy. So it was like, what? So I start, I stopped, I started working with her and we started working together and doing all that, like making these pieces out of all this all the African printed um, cloths and stuff like that and um, we both knew Miguel I'm trying to figure out how she I think her brother knew him because he may have went on tour early but I knew Miguel because when Miguel was 18 and I worked at those clubs we would sneak literally sneak him in sneak him in because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. all, all of us knew each other like uh, Flying Lotus Miguel like Thundercat J. Davey because we were all young then really yeah. young yeah. And then he's now, um, all I want is you. And you're, we're like, me and Maya are like tripping, like what? Yeah. We're like, of course, that, those vocals and his energy. You're just kind of like, of course he's doing this. It's not shocking. No, I, I yeah. remember before I moved, I just remember seeing that song, Sure Thing, on my And I was like, and I even remember the image. <laughs> Someone with the suit, like sitting sideways, and I mean that's what it looked like to me back then. I was mm -hmm. like, I was. It was still like mysterious, and that song, I was just like, Yo, who is this? So I moved to LA, and I was like, and I, you know, I, I found out he was from here, and I was like, I need to, because of the job I had, you know, I was like, kind of thinking about just, 
you know, I was connecting right away with like writers and producers and just, mm-hmm. so I was like, I want to meet him, you know? And so he was kind of starting to like hit our radar a little bit. Um, but I'm trying to remember when, I think I was like out at some something and I think I saw him and I introduced myself and he was so like bald. Yep. <laughs> and I just remember him having, this is why I really paid attention like when, when you came along, because I remember back then <laughs> he had like his style, you know, he was like doing his own thing stylist, style wise. And I could tell, I was like, okay, he's like doing his like, you know, left kind of alternative. Yeah. But I just remember when you came along, you like, you tightened that (laughs) up, turned it up, like turned up the dial. Like it was just, so anyway, we're going to let you in. I I was like, oh, because I I always knew, I was like, I know what he wants to do. Mm -hmm. I'm getting the the energy, but like, anyway, so that's why I was like, such an appreciation. I was like, ooh, thank okay. you. So, because uh, <laughs> you know, artist development, like that's what I do. So, like, yes, I so appreciate when I see someone really be able to come in and understand what's going to work for the artist and like really just bring it all together and still make, and you know, it feels like them, but they look like a star, but it feels it's like their own thing. Like, it was, mm-hmm. just, it was right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to get there. Okay. Okay, so you were like, okay, so you met Miguel and he had dropped his first single. Dropped his first single. And I remember um, me and Maya would be like, oh my God, like, the style is just so crazy. And I'd be like, dude, he is such a beautiful kid and this is just not it. And I just would be like, this is the only thing that's holding him back. Because I also am very obsessed with artist development. Probably because of Ashley, because the way she introduced me to everything. And I'm like, dude, artist development is so exciting to me. That's why if I work with artists that are already of name, I like to do it if it's a, um, if they need a makeover. Mm-hmm. Cause I just like that building. Yeah. It's just so much more exciting and interesting to me. So we're just like, I'm just like, oh my God. I'm like, And then I think that Hype Williams video came out with For Sure Thing and I'm just like, oh, these robot looks and the clothes. And I'm just like, no, this is just not it. This is just not it. And this is what is throwing, I was like, this is what's throwing people off. I already know. This is what's throwing people off. Yeah. So I meet him. We go to a show. I meet him again. And he, he's like, whoa, I haven't seen you like since you had really short hair a million years ago. I'm like, I know. But I'm so like, one thing I am afraid to do is I'm not really a promoter. Like I won't promote myself. It is so embarrassing and lame to me. I'm just like, I'm way too cool for that. Like, I'm not promoting. Even though I wasn't even a name or anything then, I'm like, I'm just, just going to be chill. Like, so I'm like, too, I, that's not even a good or bad thing because I probably miss out on opportunities at times because I'm not so like, hey. But I was chill. This was going on for like a year. We went to a couple shows. And then uh, Brooke, J. Davey, he's like, we're in the band. So he's asking... Miguel's kind of in a space. Um, that album is like already done, like the cycle. He's in the midst of wanting to create Kaleidoscope Dream, his second album. And he's like, I need to change my look. I know. And he kind of has an idea, but not really. And then at this time, he started kind of doing these like James Brown-ish kind of suits. And I was like, when I saw that, I was like, this is a little bit better. This is a little bit better. Okay. 
And then, so Brooke was like, you should talk to Jazz. And so we had a meeting and then we just really clicked. Yeah, yeah. And so then he was like, okay, why don't you come to the studio? It worked out really good because at the time I'm still living in New York and he's recording all, Kaleidoscope Dream was recorded in New York. So I'm just, and to me, my favorite time to be with an artist is in the studio when they're making their next project. Oh my God, it's incredible. Because that's where they're like creating their new world. Absolutely. And you can come in and you can get so inspired by what they're creating. And you can like feed off of each other. I love being in the studio with artists. Yeah. Love. Yeah. So I'm like, we're in the studio all summer. I'm like there all the time. Like I'm there like it's my job. Because I, at this time, again, I'm not, what was I doing? Did I have a job? Mm, was I, I think I was, I just stopped working with Maya, maybe. I don't even know if I had a job. I might not have even had a job at that time. No, yep, that's right. I didn't have a job. That was like my really broke year in New York where I wasn't getting hired. I quit all these jobs and walked away. And then I just was like, unemployment. It was really hard. I was nannying. Wow. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, whatever, because I'm not going to let this blip in the road stop right. what, where I'm trying to be. So then I'm like going to the studio, talking to Miguel. So we started working together. And at the time, Falana was managing him. Did you know Falana? Falana was managing him. And she was just like, look, Miguel wants to hire you for his album cover we're shooting. But the thing is, is she's like, I'm just going to keep it real. She's like, I like your energy, but you don't know how many friends of his that he's hired that want to be stylists. And I was like, girl, I get it. She's <laughs> like, they're not coming with clothes. They have no connections. And I just can't have my artists out there like that. Mm -hmm. And I understood and respected it because I'm like, that is what a manager should be doing. Right, right. Because you know how artists are? They are like that. So you're like, reel it in, boo. It needs to be someone that can do the job, right? Uh -huh. I get it. So like she paired me up with this other stylist at the time to do the job. And I was looking at it more of not a diss. I was like, I don't care who they hire because I'm gonna about to put in so much work on this. Like it's the last job I'll ever have. Mm -hmm. And then from then on, I started taking that attitude with every job. Every job I have, it's the last job that I have. Mm. So I'm just gonna leave this lasting for, um, like impression. Even if I don't get it, that there'll still be a void. Mm -hmm. And it's like, up to you if you want to keep this going or not. Yeah. I'm going to give this. So right. this job comes along and it's like, I don't have connections like that still. I had some, but like most of the stuff I was buying was thank God for opening ceremony pulling and vintage. And I just would look at him and be like, he needs to be a little bit more rock because he just has this kind of vocal capability in the way the sound of the music sounds like sonically and like, He's from LA and he's Mexican and black. Like this could just be so much more sexy and amazing. Yes. And so I would just come in there and be like, do you like this? Like, look at this. Have you heard of this band? Have you seen this band? And I would just, we would just talk like that all the time. Mm -hmm. Have you seen this movie? Have you looked at this book? And then, so by the time we did um, Kaleidoscope Dream Cover, like I came in, I only had two racks of clothes, but they were packed. Mm -hmm. The other stylist had eight or nine. And 80% of the shoot were from my racks. Because yeah. I just was like, it's not about that. It's about what we're the focusing on what we're doing here. Yeah. I was very humble and quiet. And all my looks were the looks. And then I got fashion director um, um, credit on the album. Yeah. And everything. And that was a big album. That was a dorm. Yeah. yeah. That was a dorm. Yeah. So I was able to, like, convince Falana, like, And Falana was like, oh, you're different. And I was like... <laughs> 
yeah, I'm not here. She's like, you're not here to play any games. I'm like, no, like I'm not. I'm also like, you know, she didn't know this. I'm also like so broke. I don't know what I'm doing still in New York. I'm super like, what's going to happen? So let me just put my all, because it's my opportunity. And so then from there, I did everything else for five years straight. I was the only stylist ever hired. And yeah. that's how Kaleidoscope Dream started. Right. And, and the thing is, yeah. coming from the perspective of, you know, the person who, I mean, I've, I've worn different hats, but who signs the artist, I mean, the importance of, on my side, I hear the music, I hear the potential, I see the, you know, kind of hear the, the raw potential. And I, um, you know, like I have a vision as far as where I think it can go and how far I can go and who I can eventually see them working. Mm -hmm. you know, on your side, I mean, I literally, a lot of times I'm like, you know, um, a creative director in a way is kind of like, exactly. like the visual aspect of the artist because it's as important. Like the way that, you know, in the studio and really getting to know the artists because that's really where you see them at their you really get to know who they are because yes they're, like they're in their bag basically you know totally and so i always say like if you're working with an artist you know with whatever role seeing them where they where they are their strongest and like where you really see who they actually are is like i mean why wouldn't you do that? Like that just is going to give you a, a leg up right away, you know? Um, so yeah, so I just appreciate like your approach so much because like someone like me who knows that I can bring, I can work on one component and I might even have an idea of, you know, what I think maybe image and stylistically what they could be doing. But I understand you have to, like, you have to be in it. The way I'm in the music, like, I don't want to say, I don't want to always take, I don't want to necessarily take on, like, wear that hat or take on that role. I would love for someone like you, you're like the, you know, the other half because you have music, but like, if it's not translating, like you said, I feel like this is the, the only thing that might not be translating for him. We know the music. Yeah. But incredible. Music is incredible, but we also live in a visual world and people should get to not only should they like like what they see but they should also be getting to know something about the, the artist yes I, like through what they're seeing you know what i mean it's more than just this looks good so i love that you were saying that like that's how i look at things like who are you what's your makeup what's in your blood like you yeah. know it's gonna like all we can tap into all of that and so, like, just from the musical side, like, I always think of that, like, what's, like, what's your ethnic background? Like, what, what producers can we get you in with that are going to tap into that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, like, I just love, this is why I love, this is why I'm doing this, because I yeah. love hearing the thought process and the approach. Yeah. And yeah. It's different, because look at the result. Like, you killed it. I'm telling you. I was, you. I don't know who this person is. <laughs> That's how I felt. I'm like, this, this, he's a beast. He's amazing. And I'm following from the, my perspective. Yeah. But then when I'm seeing it come together, it's like, it's just, you have such an appreciation for it, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. I mean, I, I was just like, I like to just be so engulfed in what the artist's world is so that then my choices are like a visceral situation. It's like, 
yeah, because I'm in tune with what he, what this person's doing. And it's so important too, because it's just like, yeah, like you said, I mean, vocally, next level, he can write a, the most amazing song in 15 minutes. The talent is retarded, but it was like, no one's seeing you. There's too much going on that you're hiding in front of, and that's why. And I used to like, I'd be like, why? Like, let it out. It's a lot. That's why, for me, Wild Heart was even more amazing, because I was like, just get really raunchy with it, because that's who you are. I remember. Like, just do it. Get, let's get really crazy. And he was just like, okay. At that point, he fully trusted me. So it was like, okay. And then I, and that's when I started getting more opportunities to like create and direct and advise him on what major creative directors or major other creators we should be bringing in to like make this whole experience, this world that'll like be something that people are, it's a full experience. Like Wild Heart to me, even if I love that album musically, but I'm saying like visually, it was just so like, what? wow like really beautiful i remember and the fact that i remember that means something because there's a lot of releases like all the time and i remember <laughs> all the time yeah yeah there's there's i mean you know there's a ton of something stands out and you you remember kind of like i remember the energy of it you know what i mean i also remember going to that motel um event oh yeah wild heart motel that was so dope. Yeah. That everyone copies now. Like, everybody copies that whole idea. Willow Perron did that. He killed it. It was so amazing. And just, it was like, it's like, it was like some aliens landed and left. Because a lot of people don't know. <laughs> a lot of people didn't go. But a lot of people, right people were there. But it's like, whoa. Remember when we took over the basically home hotel and turned it into an art installation and a forty. Oh, no. 48 hour, it was amazing, yeah. yeah. It was it was an experience, which is really what, like, you know, getting to that point, you're bringing people into your world, um, you know, you're taking people along with you. So I thought that that was just, yeah, that was-, it was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and Falana again, another black woman, I'm telling you, helping. She was like, Jazz, you literally changed his career trajectory. like. I'm really impressed. She's like, this is what, this is what was missing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah. And it was just missing because I feel like when you're a true musician and you really make music, the last, you're not as super into fashion and style. You're in the studio. Hey, that's what I try to say. Like, I'm like, yeah. it's different. Um, it's different talents, really. It's like, you know, you're an incredible like being a, an amazing musician is your talent. If you're actually an amazing musician and have great style, that's like, whoa, you know, like then that's incredible, but that's not always gonna be found in the same house, no. you know? And it shouldn't be expected. And I've definitely no. those battles where I'm like, no, like, you know, that person, this is what they're amazing at. So that's why we're here <laughs> to, you know, like help shape and mold that other piece. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And yeah, and Falana's no joke. I, I worked with her again also when I was at Star Trek because she was at mm -hmm. Arista. So she, I worked with her when she was um, a product manager. I think she did clips. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, 
yeah, I mean, that's another thing, just working with like other women who really know what they're doing. And I think for us, you know, when we recognize, sometimes you see yourself in someone, you know what I mean? Or you just like, know, like, you know, when you see it, like, oh, this person, like, is like, when you see that someone's going to be hardworking and, and dedicated, I mean, you just don't see that every day. So you really, yeah. you're, you're like, no, like, this is, you know, you want to kind of put your arms around and like, embrace this person. <laughs> you're like, yeah, over here, come join the team, you know? So yeah, she was great. Yeah. And I was always and even in that in that year, when we we're doing Kaleidoscope Dream, I mean, that was like, our first, my first time, like he's performing at the, like, these are huge things he's doing, Grammy performance, like, it's my first thing. And these are my first things. And it's like, what? And I was just, I just remember being a nervous wreck always, because I just wanted everything to be so perfect. And then now, after, I mean, after that experience, having so many big firsts, now I take it way more easy. But I was just, I remember being so panicked always, just inside. Oh my God, I don't want anything to mess up. I want everybody to understand what we're doing. Like this is a, um, you know, a black artist dressing in rock clothes. Like it's a big deal. Like I want everyone to see it and get it. And yeah, so I was always like so nervous, but I was always like putting in the work yes. beyond the nine to five with that. And I was so, I'm so proud of that yes. work forever. As you should be. Yeah. And I think just like, you know, Flana said, like you, like that you impacting the trajectory of his career and for people to see him in a certain light for him to then be able to do you know go into high fashion spaces high fashion magazines like that comes from what you were you were you know from your vision you seeing that he could you know like do something that's more his it's not about trend it's about mm -hmm. exactly people can tell. And at that point, you know, it becomes, it's a statement and people, you know, that's, that means more than just kind of wearing what's in, you know what I mean? Or no, like, exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and he was able yeah. to, he went to the mat, the Met. Um, oh yeah. The first, that's the other first, like that year we did the Met Gala. That was his first time getting invited. Then after that, we did the Met Gala three years in a row. So it's just like, oh, that's when I, that's for me when I was like, okay, I knew that I could do this, but now I really know that I'm, what I'm doing is right. And that was a time where men's fashion now is a big deal and exciting. Then it was still hard and stuffy, high fashion for men, and it was way less black. Yeah. I think maybe only ASAP Rocky was the only person, but it was still just less black. So it was really, really, really impossible getting designers to give us clothes, impossible. I don't even know. It was so hard. Now it's like, there's so more doors are opened, but then it was impossible. So a lot of clothes had to be made because designers weren't trying to give us clothes. But I would make the clothes and then I would see designers have the looks because we were doing all those like punk kind of suits before Hedy Salmon took over St. Laurent and started doing all those rock clothes. It was like the, like the summer right before it. Because I was like, you know what? They're not giving us clothes yet. So we're just gonna make the clothes. I love it. I'm Destiny's Child. <laughs> how did you? Um, how did you? Did you have? I guess you had a favorite uh, tailor. I did. Oh my god! In New York, I had like three tailors that I'd work with all the time. These Dominican guys, and they were like, 
it was key because also with Miguel, everything was tailored, everything, because he's short, but you know, you want to make sure that everything fits in proportionately, you know, so people don't, people didn't really know he was short either because everything was just fit properly. Oh, also the other part of this I have to say is I ran into, we did 106 in Park when it was still a thing and who do I run into there? Ashley Fox. Oh, she was like, girl, didn't I tell you? See? She's like, look what you did for Miguel. I told you. And I was like, oh, crying. <laughs> yes. I love Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I need, now I need to reach out to her. Um, I love her. Yeah. <laughs> great. Um, so I was going to say, oh, so yeah. reference. Um, and like, do you prefer working oh. or? Um, I love working with women. Oh, okay. I just get a lot of male clients. Yeah. But I can, I can work with women. I just haven't gotten a female client where I can muse like I've done with these guys. Right, right. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. Like once people get to know you for something, like right away, it's like, that's what you end up getting more of, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you know we'll see you in that light. Um, so now, as far as, um, okay, so you moved on and then you, so now you're one of your main, your major clients is Anderson Pack. Mm -hmm. How did that, how did that happen? How did that come um, well, Anderson Pack, see, it's, it, it always connects with, back to the, back to the era of those clubs, I'm telling you, because Anderson, I don't even know if a lot of people know this, but Anderson, Anderson, Ty Dolla Signs, and um, Thundercat are like the last members of Sara. Mm -hmm. We're like the last ones, which is interesting because who was my first group? Jay Davey, and they originally were with Sara. Yeah, I didn't so, know that big. I only knew like uh, Taz, and now I know Amas, and that's it. I didn't know. Yeah, Shafiq. Yeah, they're Shafiq. They're, they're just really important, like pillars of music in LA, Black music. So a lot of big artists came from playing with them. So I'm like, okay, cool. Like, and, and I remember work when I was working doing Wild Heart, I would see, and I would see Anderson, I would always think like, Anderson, that need, why is that not my client? Like, that's totally my guy. Like, that's my vibe. And I would just always think that like, oh my God, I need to be working with him. And then I met his manager at the time, um, Adrian Miller. And then um, again, I'm not pitching anybody. I'm not asking. And then like maybe within a year of knowing Adrian, he like asked me if I would do this um, commercial. Mm -hmm. It was like a BMW commercial. And I was like, okay, yeah, cool. You know? And then I was like, once again, here's the, here it is again. I'm just going to come to this video. I mean, this commercial, like it's my last job. So I'm coming in with all these clothes, dressing the band. Like, and I remember when uh, Anderson showed up, he was like, whoa, like this is, all for me and I'm like yeah like this is yeah like I'm here to stay right <laughs> so I and I did that and also me and Anderson met in the studio and he was just like okay like you're pretty cool like and then I started going to the studio a couple times because again like especially with real musicians that's where you learn who they are because that's when they're in their bag like you're saying totally yes so it's like doing that and then doing that commercial and then they just like kept hiring me and then I did Bublin. I think after Bublin, they were like, 
okay, she is a little something more than just a stylist. Because mm -hmm. Bubbling was like 12 looks in a three-day video. I remember that, yes. Yeah, it was a, that, like, we know this, but nobody does videos like that anymore. Like, that many days, like, unless you're a huge pop star. Yeah, so it's like photography. I didn't expect all that. <laughs> so much. I know, and, and Calmatic shot it, who at the time, this was before his Grammy, and, like, he's amazing. I love him, and so we met then too and we were both like whoa we love working together that was a special project so i think after that the anderson team was like okay like she's we need to keep working with her yeah. and anderson was in a place too where he was like i kind of just want something that's like this is who i am and i'm like and i would tell him i'd be like stop wearing so much black like you are so special and so unique and like when people are around you, you just feel good because he's just such a feel good guy. He really is like that. So mm -hmm. it's like this needs to be expressed in what you're dress, how you're dressing. Yeah. The black look, like he was, he thought he was punk because he's from Ventura. That's why he's from not, yeah Ventura County on Oxnard. So it's like punk kids, like Mexican punk kids. I get it, but I was like, no, like you're so much more than that. So. He was like, I really want to start wearing matching sets. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we'll do sets. And then that just started getting, and then we just started like going off of that and then just doing bright, fun colors. Cause I was like, oh my God, like he's a rapper and he's a singer, but like not everything needs to be such a serious drag, like black and everyone's in Rick Owens or everyone's in this latest like hype beast moment. And it's like, no, not if your music is more special than that. Right. No, he has the freedom to be a lot more experimental because his music is experimental. Yeah. He doesn't have to fit a box because his no. music, yeah. So he can be, he, he can have that fun, you know, and it, it will yeah. be So like, why not? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, this needs to be more fun. You know, like with Miguel was more like sexy elements because that's just literally who he is. He's not even trying to be, he just is that guy. So it's like AP, he's more like fun and has no boundaries. There's no boundaries of what he can do. Right. So we like, and so I feel like bubbling was a big moment. Um, and the other, like there were other ones, but the other big moment I can think of right now is the tour, the last tour he did. Yeah. And I, cause I was tell him all the time, I'd be like dressing him for all these um, festivals. He's always on the road performing. And I, I'd be like, one day we're gonna make costumes. Like that's where you're gonna be really in your bag is the costumes. So when I was doing costumes with Miguel, I feel like that's where the, those were the moments where people really remember like, oh my God, like the, the white motorcycle jacket we made with the white feathers and stuff, like that's where he had his thing. Wow. So it's like, what is Anderson's thing? And so I started making um, matching sets, but from prints that I would find from flyer, rave flyers, oh. we would print them on um, fabrics. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So they were super unique. No one else would have them. Cause I was like, we can go buy fabric downtown, but that's not interesting. Yeah. But rocks this, this, um, designer who a lot of, um, stylists use custom, like we worked with them for customs a lot. We made, they're like, we can print like prints on fabric. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's what we should do for Anderson. Wow. So we did it for Coachella and that was like a big hit. He was like, yo, this is the craziest shit ever. I love this. Mm -hmm. And then we got the band involved. Van wasn't, let's be honest, Van wasn't the happiest about being in all yellow and stuff. But I think now when you look at it, it just looks so good. Wait, they had, they, they actually weren't with it? They had opinions on it? 
I mean, because I get it. They're all musicians still, so they're like, why am I in a uniform? I get it. Oh, that's but dope, though, as a <laughs> and you're gonna be on that stage? No, I mean, I, that's actually good because now you're not just kind of like fading into the background. That's what I thought. Like a whole like you're a full. I mean, you're a band. Like it's a full sound, a full experience experience and the visuals that were happening on the screen were so like bold and as you know in arena you want to be able the person in the very back should be able to see what's going on so you need to that's why that makes sense yeah yeah totally. so yeah so after the coachella he was like yes and then when we did um the best teeth in the game tour that's when it was like he, he was like let's get crazy so i made all these different costumes and the band had different, two different colors I also love the idea of seeing like black people in like everyone's in bright blue, everyone's in bright yellow, just something that's happy and cheery and just like not serious. And then Anderson and like, it just was, that was my, I love that tour. The tour was so fun. I love tour. I love doing uh, costumes for tours. That's my favorite. One day I don't want to do styling for every single thing. I just want to do tours and then tours are just, yeah, no, like with his music, I mean, it's, it's, there's like musicality to it, you know, so like everyone matters, you know what I mean? It's not like the yeah. backdrop and like, you know, maybe he's, you know, just on the mic. It's like, they're all contributing. So it just, you know, I, I remember again, cause I've noticed all these things. I remember seeing that and I thought that was like brilliant. Like, I love the energy that it brought to the stage. Yeah, thanks. I love that. I love that time. And it's just like, Anderson was really excited because you could tell he just was like, I'm feeling it like I'm an icon. Like I'm feeling what's happening. Because I would tell him, I'd be like, Anderson, with creatives and creative things that you're bringing in outside of the music, because obviously I'm not giving my opinions about what's happening sonically. That's not my department. But I'm like, everything needs to be at the level of the music or if you're doing yourself a disservice. Wow. You just are. Yes. So the photographers you work with, the directors, the album cut, everything needs to match. Mm. I know. I love it. I love this part of me. I'm like, yes. I'm like, it just has to, or it's just going to be like, right. how can you compete at your highest? You can't. Right. And you're so much more than that. So I would always tell them, you know, because I'm not coming in, like, that's the other thing. I'm not coming in like, this is everything you need to change. Like, that's not going to work with a the musician. They're going to be like, what? You gotta come and like slowly show them ideas because it's like them teaching me how to write a song. I'm not a songwriter. And that's another, because this is educational, so I'm always gonna. Yeah. <laughs> but like also just understanding how to communicate with the artist and having that respect for like how they're gonna take the information in and for what they do. Because I always say that too. I'm like, you know, like you said, it's like you're not, you know what you know and what you don't know. So you're able to put yourself in their, in their shoes. And I think a lot of times people don't always think that way, you know, like with artists, it's like, I think a lot of times the people around artists often feel like, mm. like so you should like listen to what I'm saying. And it's not, that you know, it's, trust. it's really building trust. And I think that's so important. And well, it is important. I don't just, yeah. <laughs> it's important and so like what you're saying like the way that you communicate and share the ideas worlds of difference and that also helps you to 
I mean, you're collaborating with them. You know, you're not like, hey, this is what you Really a collaboration. It is. And so, you know, the artists, that's how it feels. And that's how you can get, that's how you're able to accomplish what you've been able to accomplish. And people should understand that. So I hope people are, when this is, take that. Take Collaboration, that's key. That's key. Yes. Cause like, I never want to, like, I, I mean, there's all different types of stylists. I just think I'm very unique in the way that I style things and how I do it. Like, I'm not someone that's like, oh my God, I'm a celebrity stylist. I have eight clients. I don't ever want that. Mm -hmm. I kind of just like attaching myself to a couple and then just really diving in and creating this vision in this world right. to where it's to the point where it's like long lasting iconic looks and ideas because, and it doesn't look like they're styled because it's like, I love what I do and I think that I'm great at it, but like they're the person in front of everybody. It's them, it's their music, it's their artistry. I respect it. I'm not the person that's gonna come in and be like, you don't know what you're doing. You don't, you can't dress. Like that's not the, that's not it. Right. That's not it. Even the person, even someone who knows nothing about fashion and doesn't have good style, you can still pull out a part of who they are that makes sense to what you're trying to create. Or otherwise, it's not authentic. Absolutely. And that's it's just not. Like you said, they feel like icons because they don't feel like they're wearing costumes. They feel like they're just, this is just them elevated. This is them 2.0. This is the vision that they see for themselves, but they don't necessarily know how to execute. They just know like, I put myself on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people. That's what they know. So you're the one who's gonna come in and be like, okay, and this is what you on stage in front of hundreds of thousands of people should look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You on the stage. So and you need to feel comfortable. You know, you need to feel like yourself. You know, and I always say that. Yeah. It shouldn't be about costumes. Like even if it, is something that's over the mm -hmm. top, a reflection of who they are. You see yeah. something in there, you know what I mean? So. Exactly, like who are you? Does it make sense that your costume is over the top? Otherwise, guess what? Audiences are not dumb and they can smell a fake Hello. and they'll be turned off. Hello. That it never changes, that's like the same with music. So I just kind of do it in a way where it's like, I'm a band, I'm a musician, I'm making this music, but it's like, I'm making this vision of like, and I, and I also can see most of it when I, when I get to know the artists, but I'm not gonna tell them everything because it's so overwhelming. It's like piecemealed, and then when we get closer, then I can be like, you know where else I could see? So now when I talk to Anderson, I mean, we worked together for three years. Three years ago, I couldn't sit there and tell him all this. He'd be like, who is this person, right? Right, yeah. So. <laughs> It's a whole different head, you know, like it's a different head to be thinking from. And that's not, he's thinking, he's a musician. That's where he lives. So yeah. like another like language, really. So yeah, you have to do, you know, in doses and they have to feel it. They need to trust it. And then they're willing to, you know, they're ready for the next dose, you know? Exactly. So, and they get inspired. Yeah. Like, but so then, so then the conversations can become better between the two of you because now they're bringing ideas to the table where you're like, that is dope. And I love that. So I'm like, yes, they're in their bag. They get it. This is going to be even more amazing. Like, I love it. Like Anderson, actually, he's always now because he does now he's starting to direct music videos. 
He's actually so good at it. He just did one for that's coming out for India Sean. Um, who was she yeah her videos coming out and he's about to do another one that we're gonna do next week for another artist that he's on and he's so good at them like real like legitimately really good wow and he's like now I want you to do all the videos like so it's just like yeah. that's what I'm, it's exciting because it's just like so many more opportunities that are different yeah. and I don't know I just I like it I, I like Sometimes some, some stylists, um, colleagues of mine will be like, you need to have tons more clients. But I'm like, I, I would if I was a kind that was just one-offing. Like, let me get this, okay, what's trendy right now? This like Calvin Klein look, let me just put it on you. Get, that's not really the kind of stylist I am. I mean, I can do that, don't get me wrong. Like I definitely do jobs for checks, some of them. But the ones that matter to me make the bigger impacts and I liked this. Right. Like, and I think yeah. it's important to know that about yourself, you know, and I think that that's the other part of the journey is like understanding who you are in this and like really knowing what your strong suit is. And again, not being afraid to like, like lean into that and own it, you know, because sometimes like when we first start, we don't necessarily know, you know, you don't necessarily know, like, you don't know, right. Until again, you had to do it to know like that this is how you enjoy doing it. And this is, mm -hmm. you know, get the best results and this is like how you like to work and I think that again like that's something that people you know it's something for people to just take note of is that that's all part of the journey and like you know trust that you have to trust that like don't be looking right or left at what other people are doing no like, you know don't do that and it's so easy these days with social media so, oh my God. like listen to yourself you know, trust yourself, and that's how you're gonna like. That's how you're gonna thrive. That's how you're gonna flourish. So, <laughs> yeah, do you exactly? And Anderson last year was invited to his first Met Gala. That's where I'm like, okay, see, I know what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that's huge. You know, it's like so, yeah, because you know, in a way, they're kind of like could be considered kind of like niche artists, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, like all of this works together, the music, but also the image, you know, that's, that's a whole language and people are also taking that in, you know? And so people see him in a certain light and they see him in these spaces because of how he's been expressing himself. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you should be here with, you should be attending. We want to see you. We yeah. Because, you know, we're enjoying what you're doing. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah, you know, and then I just, yeah, exactly. I like what you said about not looking at others it is important because everybody's gifts don't translate the same and just because yours are not and maybe it's a little bit slower doesn't mean you're not still um you're not of value right and you're not contributing to the conversation you're contributing in a different way and it might be more impactful it doesn't matter you just you don't know what's ahead like for your future just that's that's why i just try to put in the work like anderson my client and i'm lucky and i'm grateful that when I do get a client, they stay with me for a long time, but I still do every job like it's my last job. And they appreciate that and people can see that, you know, you don't get comfortable, you know, you got to keep, keep 
experimenting. And that's the thing, like you're also developing, like the more that you challenge yourself, the more that you develop, you know, you can't like, you're not necessarily going to do the same thing over and over again. Because it could work out amazingly well, but guess what? If it doesn't, you learn something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Doing it. Um, but what I was going to say is, oh. I was going to ask, um, so, sorry, I just got it. Okay. Um, so, what do you think, I was going to say, oh, so what are some lessons, like maybe, you know, one or two lessons that, like, stood out that you learned kind of, like, on your journey? Hmm. There's so many, right? <laughs> it's like one million lessons because I've made tons of mistakes. Um, um, I think it's important if you're somebody who really dives into the work like this to set up personal boundaries. Because wow. music, unlike other things, it is there's no boundaries. You could literally, right? An artist. There's just no HR, there's no boundaries. And so you could just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Things could just get too deep too fast. And your worlds could just meld where you're just like, cause you gotta imagine like a, a musical fan, how obsessed are they with artists? Well, artists still have that same energy with the professionals. Yeah. You can become obsessed and yeah. it's like with that. And it just could be your worlds are too interlocked. Boundaries are so important. Mm -hmm. I learned that and I, my life and with work is so much happier. The relationships are healthier and I'm just able to be a happier person. Because mm -hmm. they love to be, artists love to be best friends with you if you work with them all the time, right? You know that. <laughs> that is, this is <laughs> Like this lesson and this advice is like critical. And I, that will make a world of difference because, um, yeah, I mean, there are no lines and you truly have to establish them because, I mean, it'll just be boundless and it can be 24-7 and all-encompassing and, you know, and, and then it sometimes it'll affect, it will affect the work, you know? Oh, yeah. Don't always want to talk about that or like you need a moment, you need a breather, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, it can definitely affect the dynamic. So yes, boundaries, crucial. Crucial, like, I mean, and as a stylist, you're in a very intimate setting with artists and celebrities. Mm -hmm. You're seeing them without clothes and you're dressing them. You know all their imperfections. You gotta have boundaries, you just have to. Doesn't yeah. matter what information they're giving you, you don't have to say yes about going everywhere with them. You gotta set up boundaries. Yeah. Or you'll just crumble. <laughs> Well, and you know, and that's so important. I think like there's a point where like I think in our the early stages of our careers, it's it's a weird thing, right? Because in the early stages, you're happy to be there, right? Yeah, oh my God, so happy. Oh, what? I'm there. I'm there. Say no more. Like you don't. There's no. Yes, of course you're there because that's what you worked for was to be, you know, um, and and to be doing the work. And then you know you do. So I think it's it's. It's, there is a moment when, you know, that I think we all have at a certain point where, you know, you it kind of flips and you're like, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, that 
wanting to be there all the time. Like you, you start to also, you realize you have to be a little bit selective. Um, and yes, you have to draw the line and um, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not a 24 seven, no, not, you're not on call 24 seven. No. Um, and yeah, you need that for your own personal, uh, like mental health, basically. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you do. Oh my God, beyond. Or else you're just going to get into something you can't get out of. And then when you want to get out of it, guess what? They're mad. They're so mad. <laughs> you got it. It's so important for your mental health. Boundaries are so important. And I'm so glad that I learned that um, now. And another lesson I would say is to just really trust yourself because really you are your own guiding light. Even if you have a mentor, it doesn't matter. Like you're your own guiding light. If you're in tune with what you're feeling, you'll never make the wrong decision. You just really won't. I always think about my panicked days where like my first year with Miguel, I was so panicked because I kept thinking, man, I have to prove myself. Mm -hmm. I have to keep proving myself, keep proving myself. And it would just be like, I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. I don't want this to mess. Nothing ever was messed up in the work, but I would just let it take over where I wasn't even enjoying the experience because I wasn't listening. I was listening to myself, but I was still questioning it. Or mm -hmm. now it's like, no, that's the right answer. You got it. It's chill. Like, you don't have to go over this. Well, I really think that's also like the experience that we have as women. Yeah. that we will sometimes second guess or we'll think you know maybe that yeah we'll second guess ourselves um and i mean i've literally it's so funny because i'll be in environments or i'll be in meetings and i'll think something and and not say it and then somebody else says uh, it. like oh what an amazing idea uh, get all the praise or even sometimes you say something and then somebody else says the exact same thing and and for some reason, like, you know, it's, it's received in a certain way, you know what I mean? So point is, um, yeah, as women, I mean, I think that that's great advice across the board. Trust yeah. I think sometimes we do all that, sometimes we second guess ourselves. And while we're doing that, you have our male counterparts who are saying oh. yes, yes to things that they've never done before ever you know they'll they'll take on the job and figure it out later and that's one thing that i've seen i've witnessed that i've i've heard people just tell their stories and they're like yeah you know i, I didn't know how to do that but i said yes and i took the job and i figured it out and it's like wow us women we all <laughs> have to have everything so everything has to be perfect and this is our our you know this is our last this is going to be last opportunity we're ever going to have like that's how we operate and you know it's like we have to have plan a b and c lined up before we're ready to say something you know oh my God. like the foolproof like plan in place before we're like willing to say something so you know i mean it goes back to the idea that we feel like we need to work harder we feel that we need to improve ourselves and i think that that's fine because when we're great we are really great but at the mm -hmm. same time like yes we should not hold back and you know you do have to trust yourself and I, I i feel like i really learned that in i mean i knew like i know knew it but i still wasn't sure but i really learned that in 2018 um i worked on a tv show where i was um consulting the wardrobe i did the lead for the show costume design costume design the lead for the show 
-hmm. And I was so lucky because the executive producers and the um, actors who were also at the UPs, they were all men and they 100% trusted me. Like more, and I, and I would always feel like, am I a fraud? Like, why do they trust me so much? Like still doubting myself, yeah. you know? And I just would still second guess, but that really gave me so much confidence because they would be like, do you? Because when you do a TV show, you have to get all the looks approved by so many people. Mm -hmm. It's like, you gotta take it to Sony. All these people on the board that don't even understand what's going on in that department have to approve it. They all have opinions. Yeah. Then you have the UPs, then you have the actors, then you have the director. And wow. they were just like, ignore everybody, do what you feel is right. And I would be, that is, that you always wanna hear that, but when you hear it, it's scary. Cause you're like, well, what if my ideas or the things are going to sink the show? I mean, that's how I think. I, I get very <laughs> negative with it. I'm like, it's going to sink it. But doing that, that was my first time being a full costume designer for a TV show. And I did it. Yeah. And I did it. And, and I did a great job. And now they, they still suggest me for things. And they're like, jazz. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. But it, look, it was men who empowered me. Right. That's rare. Because they love, you know, they love a man's flame. Oh, yeah. That's simple me. Not that. Yeah. So, so, okay, what about um, so television? So, yeah, I saw that you've done, you've worked on a few shows. So, how is that? Like, how did you get that opportunity? Um, do you enjoy it? Do you have a preference between that and working with artists? And mm -hmm. do you more of that? Um, I really love costume design, and I definitely want to do more. Um, it's always been a goal that I want to do a film, like a big film. And I want to venture out and do more of that. Eventually, I just want to do tours for musicians and movies, eventually. Um, so I, I mean, I, I worked on a movie in New York, um, like as a costume PA for the um, um, costume design department. But I didn't really learn a lot in that show. Everyone hated me. They were really mean. They were so awful to me. It was horrible. I was so small on the totem pole. And I also got signed in by the executive producer. So when you're a sign-on, people kind of look at you funny because they know they think you didn't have to work for it. Mm. Meanwhile, it's like, you don't even know what my story is. Like, I've worked for everything that I have. This is not, I'm still a PA, like making $400 a week. Like, it's nothing, you know? And so that was terrible and i remember being on it and they had to bring in a stylist jessica pastor they had to bring her in because the costume designer didn't know what she was doing she had no idea what a hipster was she didn't know what she looked at looked like but if she had more insight she would have asked people like me obviously but she didn't so they had to hire a stylist and i knew the stylist so i was helping the stylist on the side yeah. and they just so that was more of just learning how politics are so crazy and different in movies right. than in music. Um, and then I did like another thing. I worked on like a couple of, I think I interned, but just low, a lot of low level positions on TV in my twenties. And then I got that email from um, the, the show that I did called Champagne Hill. And it was, I remember I got this email and I'm like, who are these people and how do they find, I kept thinking like, how'd they find out about me? Like, no one knows who I am. Like, that's how I'm thinking. And I got the job and I remember it was in Atlanta and I would literally, I did 75 outfits for the show. Um, yeah, 
I never, <laughs> I never did a TV costume design like a full thing. I was always, I think I was an assistant costume designer at one point. So just getting thrown into that was amazing, but that's how you learn again. And they trusted me because the show's um, outfits were based off of hip hop culture and streetwear. Okay. So everyone had to be in the latest, greatest, what was going to be next before it was already next. Okay. And I'm just kind of like, not trying to toot my own horn, but maybe I am, but I was like, wow, they found the right person because that's literally what I'm doing is trend forecasting. I don't think people are, like, there's so much is involved with when I'm thinking about ideas, the knowledge behind it. So I was like, I'm the perfect person. Did they even really know I did this? Like, so it was just meant to be. Yeah. And I'm doing this show and I'm doing all these costumes. And as I'm doing the costumes and the show came out, then other rappers are literally wearing the same outfits and they're like, whoa, you knew. And I'm like, I mean, this is literally what I'm so in my bag doing this. Right. It was an amazing opportunity. Exactly. Everyone, I mean, all the people in power were just so trusting and encouraging. And from men in film, because yeah. film is very male. Yeah. Costume department, it's very female. Mm -hmm. And usually it's looked, it's kind of in a way looked down upon in a lot of ways. So them working hand in hand with me and treating me as their equal was like, nothing I ever expect mm -hmm. and just amazing and it was just like one of the people on the show is I'm, I'm a stylist Adam Pally like mm -hmm. it was just an amazing experience that so when I did that I was like okay I can do this like I can do this now my fit and also my fittings now are just so like fast because like those fittings would be like I have to do let's see the first because the first episode was crazy it was something like 20 costumes for two people which is a lot the show also had a very huge budget so shopping was like endless budgets it was like whatever we wanted which also was amazing because it's not always like that and um i just now my fittings are just so fast because i have to get like 20 costumes done in like an hour and a half right. but again listening that's why i learned so much about listening to myself i just knew what it was based off the script, based off what the episode was about. And it was just like, I was in the zone. Right. It was amazing. Right. That was amazing. And then I worked on, there was that. And then I, then I feel like a lot of the other costume designing, it's coming from all music videos. I've done so many music videos mm -hmm. at this point, And I love music videos. A lot of stylists hate them. I love them. I love being on set for 15 hours or 18. <laughs> I love it. Like, I don't get bored. I'm not upset. <laughs> Nobody likes them. I know. Hydrated. <laughs> I know that's how I was on set. I'm like, I need water. I'm like, I'm, this is what <laughs> I'm behind the scenes. That, that's when I have so much. I mean, I always respect artists, but like, I always try to say it, you know, people, everyone wants to be an artist. And I'm always like, they're like, what do you look for? And I'm like, someone who has like, incredible work ethic because when you see like that whatever 20th take they need to act like it's the first time or that 20th interview that yeah during the day where they ran around town they need to act like it's the first interview of the day like i'm yeah. you know walking behind them like i need some water i'm like dying <laughs> and you know mm -hmm. and, so and that's when i'm like yeah this is not for everyone so if you want to do this you need to yeah that stamina is real on sets. <laughs> I love it. It's so exciting. I don't know. I've always really loved music videos. They're so exciting. And I got to work on a couple Outcast videos when I was an assistant. 
So just seeing it from that kind of point of view is just like, oh my God, I love music videos. Yeah. Um, and then I started doing a lot of commercials and I work a lot with Calmatic, who okay. I met on Bubbling. Okay. So, um, yeah, like I want to, I really do want to do a film. Like I really yeah. want to do a film, like a big film. He's starting to venture into film, right? Isn't he doing, can he do something? I thought, I thought Anderson? he was. Oh, um, oh, an, um, they're animation oh, films, animation. like okay. Trolls, okay. Um, Spies in Disguise. He's about to do another one too. Okay. Yeah, he's a, he's very, um, like super resourceful. Like I remember meeting him when he first did um, an overdose video and I don't think they were signed yet. Oh, maybe. I'm sorry, sorry. That was about Anderson. I didn't hear you say Calmatic, it, it got quiet for a minute. Yes, he is doing films now, sorry. Yes. I was saying, yeah, I mean, you'll be working with him. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, no, he's, um. That's what's been interesting, I see, is just to see all the talent really in LA really grow, like when I when I came here. Like as you're telling your story, like I think we all kind of had a uh, we were all like in it for, in different spaces. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, you know, Miguel, from my perspective in the music space, like just his, you know, seeing his growth. Like I um I actually showcased him before he dropped All I Got Is You. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, wow. I was, I paid such close attention because I was like, he's so incredible, you know? So like yeah. that, I was like, wow, okay. Like he's, he's in his bag right now, you know? So, yeah. um, so I was going to say, um, so you have done television um, and what was my next question going to be? Uh, I mean, I feel like you've been doing this the entire time. Okay, I asked you this, so we're gonna be editing some of this. Um, I was gonna say advice, but I think I just asked you that. Oh no, the lesson, same thing. Okay. The lesson, yeah. Just like coming, uh, bringing things to easy. Um, how, and I think a lot of people like are wondering how this is going. Um, how's the pandemic affected you? Like, oh. I think, in terms of being able to get things. Well, just getting opportunities and being able to execute. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the pandemic definitely slows things down for everyone. I've been very lucky because I've been working a lot still. Um, I'm super blessed about that, but I've been working a lot. Like I'm actually about to go on a flight somewhere next week. Okay. okay. Even... You have your hat and your shield. I, I'm also I my shield. I, I don't know about a hazmat, cause like for what? It can't get on your clothes. I don't think. <laughs> that seems odd. <laughs> I'm like, listen. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm nervous about that. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. But um, I, okay. So yes, a lot of resources are not the same. But the way that I even pull for jobs is so different. I don't really over pull. I really pull specific things. So again, like even if the video is some huge thing, I don't really show up with tons and tons of racks of clothes. I actually hate that. It makes me really uncomfortable. I mean, I guess if it's the first time I'm working with the artist, I might over pull because I don't know this person that well. But when we start working together a lot, it's dialed down. Yes. I just know what it is. Right, right. And, and they trust me. 
Yeah. And to be honest, especially male artists, they don't want tons of options. Yeah. They just want the right options. That's it. Very true. They don't, that's more of a female, like female stars. They want, you know, I get it. Cause then it becomes an experience and it's a luxury service and your health. I get it. For guys, it's not that way. So that like with all my artists, it's been fine. Um, I did two major commercials, national commercials. That was interesting because commercials, you're dressing more people and it's, you have to have costume house things. Like one costume house is open right now, one. Um, I mean, it still worked though. I, I, was, I was nervous doing it. And then after I did it and executed and everyone was happy, I'm not nervous anymore because I'm like, everyone's understanding about the pandemic. Yeah. I'm just blessed that I'm getting books. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, like, it's interesting what spaces and what people are being, like, who's being impacted. I mean, you know, like, you're working, like, there's so much more happening visually now. So that hasn't, that hasn't actually, um, you know, like, that area has, there's actually more demand, you know, people could, like, be creating. Yeah. There's more content. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that, that would make sense where like that hasn't necessarily slowed down as like maybe some other areas. So that's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. I mean, I can't really have assistance, like mm -hmm. tons of it. You can't, that's cut down. And so is cut, like this crew sizes are cut down. But again, like if you're really good at your job, you should just be able to figure out how to do things with whatever resources are given to you. Right. That's right. just... I mean, it's scary the first time, but after you do the first one, you're like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah, being <laughs> like nimble. And that's, that's, again, that's like a quality. That's why people are gonna continue. I mean, that's a big part of it. Like the reason people will continue to, to work with certain people, it's that like, you know, reliability and knowing that that person, find that person work, you know what I mean? So regardless of what yeah. they are, so. Um, so, okay, I mean, I think we're like, you know, kind of wrapping up. I think we covered a lot, unless, is there anything that we might have not touched on? Um, well, I could just say that there is, probably when this comes out, because this, this is exciting, there is an exciting project coming out that I worked on for the last okay. nine. Yes. Okay, there's something exciting, I, and I, it's my first time doing it. I've always wanted to work with a client and be able to have um, work on like a collaboration they're doing clothing and so Anderson's coming out with Vans okay. he's the first celebrity and musician to have Vans usually Vans is just doing licensing deals only okay so he's the first and so we've been working on this collection for nine months and wow. he's been so nice and great so I've been co-designing everything and that's coming out at the end of um, the first drop is end of October and the second one is the end of December and it's going to be a really big deal. That's huge. That's it's huge. exciting. So much sense. I love that. Like him making band. Like that makes complete sense. Yeah. Totally, right? His first job was bands. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. So he's super excited, I'm sure. Oh my God, he's so excited. He's so excited. 
Wow. I'm so excited too because I've learned so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, working with a corporation on that scale is way different than, and then like getting them to trust you, but they are so great. And I love the Vans team. They're really trusting and open and super supportive and excited. And oh. Anderson is great because we're creating these other initiatives that are like give backs mm-hmm. to the black community through Vans. Okay. It's going to be a big thing. And we're still doing it in the middle of the pandemic. I mean, you know, we make it, we, we figure out, we always figure it out, don't we? You know, so, and that's great. Especially women. Mm-hmm. Black women, we figure it out because that's what we've always had to do. So, I, and I always say that, like, I mean, it's, this is not ideal, this whole, what we're all dealing with right now, but anyone's gonna, you know, try to push through it and figure out ways, um, you know, uh, still be able to, you know, make things happen. It's gonna be us, you know. Exactly. So, it's definitely gonna be us. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, that's dope. I can't wait to see them. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Yes. Um. So what else? Um. I mean, I guess. Are there, so you've said like what, where you see yourself going career-wise and like things that you want to accomplish. Um, mm-hmm. I was just going to ask like a couple of like just remaining questions. Like, are there any books? Okay. That- yes, because I read your notes beforehand, I have them right here on my table. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on, let me, so it just doesn't fall. Move this so my it's my iPad. I don't want it to fall. Okay. This is the books we're holding up the iPad. Okay. So here's a book, some resources. This is these are some where I got my ideas for the the prints. Okay. For Anderson's tour. I go in, I like to look at books. Oh, I love this. I would love to look at books because I said this before in like my Spotify talk that like someone told me this. I don't know if it's true, but the photographer told me this and he told me that like something like, I don't even know, like 80% or 40% of the world's index is not online. So if that's the case, then there's so much more knowledge you can access through books. Yeah. If you want unique ideas. Yeah. That is. Yeah. This is a really great Rolling Stones book. I mean, look how quick this is. So a lot of the Miguel era, a lot, a lot of inspiration from a lot of classic rock bands constantly. These were really important books that I looked at. Ooh. I love this. I have a couple Rolling Stone books, but th- that, that one's a good one. Oh, this one for sure. Even though there's taboo around him, but I don't care. It's still... The Michael Jackson book is amazing because, hello, this breaks down, first of all, this breaks down, I'll show you, so important. Yeah, I mean, there might be book, but there's no way we can't, we can never deny his. No. Michael Bush was his designer, who, by the way, when I was designing the Wild Heart Tour, 
I was actually really nervous because I had to ex get every, I was literally going to pick out fabrics and everything locally. And I was nervous to not find the things that I needed. Also, I'm learning as I'm going. A costume designer never taught me how to design things. I'm just figuring out as I go. And I literally ran into Michael Bush, the uh, Michael Jackson designer. Yeah, mood. And I was like, what? This is a sign. Great. This is a sign. How is he in mood when I'm in mood? He doesn't even live in America anymore, I heard. That's insane. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. yeah so this book is great. Because one thing I've learned from Michael Bush is he basically, one of his tact things he does, he just recreate. This silhouette is the same silhouette every single time, but just done in different ways. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about how that really works for artists on tour. Yes. And it drives a point home of this is the um, costume that I'm wearing for this era of the sound. Right. Yes, that's such a good point. Yeah, that consistency. People make that association right away. Yeah. It's really good, that one. Oh, let me put, okay, so, and then these two books, I'll just show you these really quick. Sorry, I'm just trying to, uh, the stands here. Oh. Oh, Technical difficulty that I'm sure will be edited out. <laughs> These ones are also important. Um, Willie Smith, black designer from New York in the 80s. He was really important and I feel like not talked about enough. And it's really cool because this is like almost kind of a curriculum book where you can really learn about him, his design process and everything like that. This one is great. And of course, this David Bowie book, because I mean, obviously David Bowie was like inspiration forever and during wild heart for sure and everything because come on he really knew how to make a new identity every album before madonna <laughs> this book is beautiful though because these images i love because they're kind of like sexy i sexy kind of looks of david bowie and you don't always see that yeah like look at this i mean he's the coolest of the cool right i love him he kind of had that like androgynous look going on i mean that yeah he I do you do and then sometimes oop, then i like to look at this because this is a good resource for advertisements from the 90s yeah. uh -huh. so these are all advertisements from self-service from 1994 to 2019 and i'd like to look back at those those kind and then my trace magazine collection which i know you know about trace uh -huh. but it's like Everyone needs to know about trades. Yes. The black girls rock ones were so important. Wow. It was it was a great um period of time, you know, when those were coming out. I know. Yeah. The women and the way that it was just like because they didn't have women like this in mainstream magazines. So yeah. it was like, ah, uh, love. Those are some of my favorite books I have so much to share. <laughs> That's a great list. And I think, again, that kind of um, reinforces the idea that, um, you know, dialing um, creative direction, it's not about, it's a craft, you know, it's not about knowing what's trendy. Um, yeah. 
and just like what hap- what looks good. It's not just like, oh, I have great style, so I know how to make other people look. No, good. right. It's so much more. It's it's also contributing to building their brand, like cementing kind of what their identity is. So that yes, like when I think of a certain artist, something fine. You make a certain association, and that's you know. Um, that's like, it's just, it's so important because that's what's going to contribute to their longevity, you know? Yeah. It all works together, the music and that aspect, you know, the visual element that it all speaks to each other. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think, I think it's important to know what's going on trend wise, but I don't think you should base your ideas off of that unless you're, unless that client unless that's a part of their branding because that is a part of some people like little Uzi he needs to be what's on trend he's not trying to make new ideas right that's not what his thing is visually as long as it 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 has to do it's a reflection of who they are it's tapping into who they are it's not that there's Mm -hmm. but I'm just like I'm you know some people people just need to I think to understand how to be what this this job requires um you know you giving those book those um you uh suggesting those books i mean it shows that there's um referring to other periods of time it's looking at other it's research mm-hmm. you know, and, and bringing applying that to what you're doing um yeah yeah it's continuously educating yourself continuously and I, i'm just more interested in new ideas and new point of views instead of like recycling the same ones. It's just like, okay, that's cool. But like your music is so new and refreshing. So you shouldn't, you look kind of new and refreshing. That's why music is so cool because they're icon, you can make their icons that last forever. Maybe someday someone will be pulling out a book about an artist I worked with. You know, it's just like, that's how music is supposed to be. Totally, a hundred. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Okay, so now I just have these like, 10 questions that I just, that you'll just respond to just like, okay. Um, Okay, simple, but just, you can just respond in the way. Um, New York or LA? LA. I feel like I already knew that one. I just Um, wrote California, I'm sorry. Um, Mary J. Blige or Sade? Oh my God, I hate that one. (laughs) You know, I don't know, but I want to say Sade. But I mean, dang, that's hard. <laughs> These are hard questions. Um, sneakers or heels? Um, I'm going to say heels because I'm like a late sneaker girl, like way late. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, coffee or wine? Wine. <laughs> okay. uh, city or country? Country. Jay-Z or Snoop? Jay-Z. Okay. I won't say forever. You? That wasn't very of you. I know. Number one, I have his I have his first five CDs in my car. Like, I love Jay-Z. Yeah, I knew I might not just get the obvious answer. I should have. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's your favorite color? Hmm, what is my favorite color? I know, because it changes. But I would say red. Okay. Um, favorite city in the world? London. I love London. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. Um, 
Favorite designer? That's always a hard question because like it changes, right? Because I, I gotta think deeply. Um, I know, I'm always like, what is my favorite designer? I know, that's a hard question. Um, you can add that to the end of the sentence. Huh? You can add right now to the end of the sentence if, if it helps. Okay, right now, I mean, I love Jacquemus. I'm wearing Jacquemus now, but um, I think everybody loves him now. But I've always loved him because he kind of has like a country city vibe. And I like, that's kind of my personality. He's very like, like someone described my style one time that I look like I'm ready for a fly girl um, taping, um, a board meeting, a merger, and a vacation. To me, that's what Jacquemus is too. <laughs> okay. That's not easy to achieve all in one look. So that is a very specific look. I'm not sure. <laughs> we want to be seeing, we want to see all those things happen. So if you could do that all at once, hey, that's a look. I know. I was like, that's the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life. Thank you. <laughs> I need to, I need, let me, send me a mood. I could get, my, let me get that look going. <laughs> I know, I'm like, okay, I'm into it. <laughs> Whoa. Okay, and then the last one is just, what's your favorite dessert? What's my favorite dessert? Um, oh, Tres Leches. I love Tres Leches. Have you ever had that? Uh, yeah. I can't even have lactose like that anymore. That's why this is even more funny. Like, I can't even get down with milk like that. But I would do it just for that. Yeah. I can't do any of that stuff. So maybe that's why I, I threw the question in there. Because <laughs> just like, you know, those days are like over. Me too. Me too. I milk, creams, it's too hard. Yeah. I don't have my body in my home. So <laughs> no, no, not me, not me either. Not anymore. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think we covered a lot. That was long. <laughs> long. I'm sorry. No, no, no. But like in a good way, it's because, you know, you've had such an interesting career path and you've accomplished a lot. And that's what I want people to hear about, you know, like it's exactly, um, what this is about it's it's oh somebody's oh okay somebody i didn't promote this i'm sorry i've been off instagram for five days trying to take a cleanse oh. <laughs> i'm sorry well, we did get a response from my sister Yay! Hi. i know i'm like i feel like you guys absolutely need to meet at some point oh. it's so funny so yeah yeah so beautiful yeah, you guys absolutely, you guys are both very um, just like talented and passionate and oh, yes, and just. Yeah, I would love to meet her. Yeah. And hopefully she'll like come out here soon, but with this freaking pandemic, we don't. Oh wait, she doesn't live here? She's in New York. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a bi-coastal operation. Let's see. Yeah, both, both the coast covered. Um, okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No diss to New York. I just, I'm from California. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting New York. LA has actually, it's finally grown on me, I have to say. It took a while. It takes a while. Yeah, because I was in 
diehard New Yorker. I mean, you couldn't tell me anything. New York was better when it came to everything. I was like, oh, in New York, we do this. But now I'm kind of like this weather. And, <laughs> you know, I like how open it is. And mm -hmm. has been great. So, um, but yeah, okay. So we could just keep going, but we're not going to do that because we have things. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, but thank you, Jasmine. This was great. Um, and yeah, no, so basically this is going to be, whoever tuned in got to see it, but then we're also going to be, um, for if anybody just happened to have tuned in, there will be an audition <laughs> available okay. platforms and there will be an edited um, video of this. Oh, cool. Um, yes. And so it's going to come out in different formats and I'll let you know. And, you know, we'll also be um, cutting it up and have like little snippets and things like that. So maybe around the time that the vans drop, you know, I'll do like yeah. a, people want to do a post and, you know, like highlight. That would be cool. Yes. That would be cool. And fans, the, yes. All right. So that's it. Okay, thank you. This was fun. You were so easy to talk to. Aw, thank you. Thank you, yeah. I'm working on my interview skills, so. Good. <laughs> All right, well, have a great day. Okay. I'm going to update you on everything, so. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye, Jasmine. <laughs>